What's up, everybody? Today, I'm real excited because I got my boy, John Sue, owner of Indigenous Innovations YVR on the show today. And I was fortunate enough to attend a First Nations Health Festival with him last week at Oppenheimer Park, where I got to see firsthand how down-to-earth, kind, caring, and compassionate John is. And I'm excited to have him on today, and we're just getting right into it. So recently, we have discovered around 7,000 children's bodies and mass grave sites all across the country from residential schools. And there's an estimated around 200,000 plus that have attended these institutions through churches and the government in our country. And the media is now just kind of releasing this information. But a lot of elders in our community had this knowledge long long ago so it's kind of interesting and why do you think that uh, this information is being released right now john and what do you think that people in canada are feeling i know a lot of this is like a pretty pretty some pretty heavy shit it's pretty heartfelt so uh what do you think about this stuff man i think it's one of those things where you know it's until the children's bodies were discovered yeah. It was almost unbelievable. Right. Yeah, like sure. kind of what they were put through and what they went through. Like and and you know how sometimes there are people who kinda of exaggerate what actually happened. Yes. So I think that was kind of the thing is a lot of the indigenous knew way back when because it happened to them. Hmm. But through how do we say the, the the colonial system, they were they they were discredited as credible witnesses. And the stories were so outlandish. Right. And it's the abuse of until proven guilty. You're fighting the government. It's like, hey, you got no proof on it. You know, we know we did it. Right. Good fucking luck. Not going to admit to it. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to use the system that we created to discredit you and and say no and legitimize it to the rest of the world. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, um, how do you say, you know, when the Germans killed the Jews, right? Yep. It was, hey, we're the higher race, whatever. And they pretty much legitimized killing people it's kind of with anything right yeah Taliban you know the Catholic people the you know the anyone like everyone can every, everyone is someone else's bad guy and that bad guy is that good guy in their own mind they've legitimized it in their own mind yeah as human beings we really like to point the finger and blame others instead of uh, having a dialogue it's, it's a lot easier to just kind of point our finger than having an open conversation yeah, and I often wonder if it's about, you know, taking responsibility for what it is or just in your mind you don't actually agree that somebody, that you're the bad person. So think of it when somebody accused you of being the bad guy. In your own mind, you're like, fuck off, man. Here's the real story. <laughs> and then there's two people calling each other the bad person. Right, right. So, you know, is it about taking responsibility? No, I think it's just about you believe your story, he believes his story. And that's pretty much it. You know, and kind of if something's important enough, you will, you know, you will take it to the extremes like murder, rape, you know, whatever it may be, whatever you want to do, right? Everyone legitimizes it in their own, own mind. Yeah. And uh, I, th- I feel like we do like to have bad guys, though, you know, like our society does like to have villains. We like to villainize people. We just like always got to have somebody to point the finger at. And like mm, today, it's seems like like there's so many different groups getting created right now i don't know if you notice this too man like uh whether you want to speak about racially like uh your gender um 
whatever you want to identify yourself as. Basically, there's so many different groups right now that are getting created. And I think it's inevitably creating us to be uh, more divisive with each other. Uh, what I, I'll give you an example. It's like for uh, for our purposes, like indigenous versus non-indigenous, vaccinated versus non-vaccinated, you know, black versus white, gay versus straight, all these small different groups. And I'm seeing it cause like a lot of confrontations between people, man, because people get caught so caught up within their identity it's like you can't relate to each other instead we're just fighting each other it's fucking stupid yeah when you look at it, it you know us versus them black versus white you know vaccinated against vaccinated if you look at the core of their argument it's all encapsulated within who's right and who's wrong and you know when you're talking about right and wrong that's like the biggest circle jerk ever yeah you know? Right, it's like yeah. everyone is right and everyone is wrong because for you know one person's right, you, there, there's another person that can find it wrong. So when you frame it around right and wrong, you know there's no ending. Like, right, it's like religion; it's based on right and wrong. Right, uh, politics, right and wrong. There is no conclusive answer. Right, right, vaccinated, unvaccinated, but they've moralized vaccinated. You know, they've moralized, you know, the vaccination. That's why there is no conclusive answer. Everyone's using shame, yeah. shame or protectionism to fight for what they're promoting, right? Yeah. So that's, that's the reason if you've got to ask yourself what's working and keep it objective, like working to keeping people vaccinated and focus on that as opposed to, you know, moralizing all of these objective things like healthcare or you know, taking care of people. You know, people like to think that they're objective, but when you start, you know, framing and moralizing things, there is no conclusive answer and it's really whoever's in power to force their power upon other people and that's what i think right now what's happening in you know you look at the government yeah with these passports and all this crap mm. that's like the biggest me too movement i've ever seen man the governments of the world are forcing and raping you know forcing themselves onto the rest of society yes absolutely and, and you know what I mean? And when you look I at do. kind of what's happening, you would think oh, it was all Donald Trump and the traitor trash that are rioting, <laughs> you know, the, the, the anti-vax people. But if you look at it, Caucasian people have had rights, you know, a lot longer than the rest of the colored people. Yeah. So that's the reason they're fighting and more righteous about it. Where, you know, for the colored people, they're like, we're just getting used to our rights, you know, and we come from countries where we didn't have any. Right. So they're not as so reactionary to it. Right. But if you grew up in Canada, different story you grew up with this entitlement thing of rights and whatever right right so you have all these theoretical people talking about what if talking about bullshit and it's like that's not even close to reality because what if is you know anything's possible but you gotta ask yourself what is actually probable and that's what most of these people who are in government positions they don't actually know the difference between what's probable and what's possible they've actually you know, made both terms synonymous because mm. they don't have enough life experience in dealing with what they're dealing with. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, you know I mean? man. They have these kind of mental discussions. Oh, yeah, a banana could be a zucchini that's born <laughs> with an Asian person. But in your philosophy class, you probably get an A+. Plus, you know, triple yeah. star. Yeah, they're not telling us. You're not telling you that shit, man. And I, I'm with you a hundred percent. Another thing is, man. Like, I know we're we're fed up with the government and how they're treating people, man. But at the end of the day, it's just people, and it's actually incompetent. And a lot of them are scumbags, and uh, they're being paid. 
by our dollar and they're not serving us properly, man. And that's something that we fucking forgot in this country. Like seriously, like like the government works for us, man. Like and um you like to a certain extent I am very surprised at this whole vaccine passport thing, but like I'm also kinda not in a way because it's like this whole time the Canadian people, man, being very docile. I don't know what it is. Like meanwhile in other countries they're trying to do some shit like There'd be an uprising, man. There, there is in the states. There is in other places. Like, um, you know, why do you think it is that Canadian people are so docile when it, in, in regards to these government regulations and lockdowns and shit like that? I think it's just the way we're raised. Because if you look at it, Canadians are very polite and accepting, but we're kind of more the passive aggressive people as opposed to the Americans, just straight up, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's one of those things, you know, uh, people who are passive aggressive. They're kind of like a punching bag to society. Taking <laughs> it dry, but at one point when they stop, they lose their shit. You know, you lose the dogs that get beat all the time. Yeah, you know they get beat all the time, but you don't want to be there the one time they decide to snap. You're the random, you're the random object. And they're like, damn, where did that come from? You know? That's a good analogy, man. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's uh, but, but I think something that's coming to light right now, and I think at least a lot of people need to wake up to, is. A lot of people think we pay tax dollars, we pay uh, the politicians, so therefore they are obligated to do our work. If you took that, they should, 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 this is how it's supposed to be, and then you actually look at the result of what they've actually done, Mm. show me one time in the last few decades where the party in power had actually accomplished what they promised in their speech. I can't. I can't, John go back like I don't pay attention to uh, politics but I'm pretty sure that because of the short term everything else there's always one government doing stuff and then another one changes because the, the stupid people who vote you know it's kind of like one of those things oh my people can do it oh my people are idiots and then those people are idiots we told you so now we can do it and then it's just that circle of dummy you know dummy group one dummy group two <laughs> and it's the same people backing them up and re-voting them in it's literally a revolving door of bullshit man yeah you know and it's just they don't see that they're just kind of well you know voting i think and politicians it's it's the best of two shitty choices yeah man and you know what i mean none of them are good and you just pick whatever like i don't care i don't vote right so i I can't say anything or complain about politicians i never do why are you complaining about it then man if you never voted because <laughs> you know, you know, those people are going to come up to you and say that, right? Like, just de- I'm playing devil's advocate for a second. And my response is, that's why I don't vote. Anyone want to buy my vote? <laughs> my vote was best. You guys got 200 bucks. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem to make much of a difference because, like we just said, man, honestly, uh, it's a revolving door of bullshit. And everybody says these things. Everybody has these great ideas. Everybody's going to do this. Everybody's going to help me and you out, man. They're going to do this, that, and the other. And when they get in, fucking nothing, man. It's just like yeah. every single time, just like. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of ignorant younger kids. Remember when Trudeau first ran? His his whole thing was like about legalizing weed. So a lot of potheads, a lot of stoners, uh, were all like, "Yeah, Trudeau, weed man." And it's like, all right, well, what about his other policies? When I'd ask people, you know, why they would vote for him, There's weed man. You know what I mean? Just say it like in a louder tone. It's like, man, you better look into some other policies and look at the state. This it's not him as an individual, but. His party, you know, this guy's uh, representing our country. Look at the state we're in now. It's fucking scary, man. Yeah, and the thing is, look at the weed industry now. The stuff that they sell on the, you know, I was joking with another weed producer I saw. 
I was like, yeah, you know the weed that people sell in those stores right now? Yeah. Man, it's so crappy. You know, you sell that <laughs> shit on the street, you get killed for that. <laughs> you sell it out on the street, you get your ass beat. It's the government who regulates it, and everybody who jumped in got fucked over because the government's a bunch of idiots who don't know what they're doing and never thought to consult. Even like a low, low-level street drug dealer could have told them all the shit that they discovered after all of the government studies. Like, yeah. you get stupid, and then you wasted all of these legit people's money to show you again the government is doing something beyond their expertise and using the taxpayers' money to do it. And at the end of the day, it's one of those things you go in there and do whatever you want and nothing happens. But you also, we always can't blame just a single politician because at the end of the day, of it's the system yeah. that sucks. The party, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. You're the prime minister, you still have to go with your party. If you look at all of these agendas, it takes time because of how everything's built. you got to pass rules and laws. So there's so many things where the people in power, they've designed it in a way to make it look like it's democracy. Right. But because of how real life works, they, they know they can always play that game. It's like, it's like that whole thing of how you see Donald Trump doesn't pay people, but he's got more money than they do to drag them through court and through lawyers that they just forfeit yep. forfeit their claim, right? Because they can't afford to fight with Donald Trump against money. That's what the Canadian government has done to the indigenous. Yep. Oh, we created courses to make it fair, but our people are in there, our rules, we've got contacts, we can't prove that we're colluding. But look at every single indigenous deal done with the government. There's one clear loser, and it's the indigenous people. Of course, every time. And man, uh, a lot of people don't know, but like in a lot of reservations, even in Ontario, like there's still places where there's no clean drinking water on uh, reservations. Yeah, and that's kind of what kind of blows my mind is, yeah, I see a lot of, and this is probably not the most popular opinion, you know, it's been how many decades there's no clean water, but if, if you know, chief and council were actually doing as they said they're doing, how is that not possible? I can't answer. You know what I mean, I know it's exactly it, what you it, mean. It, it, it's kind of like, for example, you're you're the big boss in some criminal organization, and all of your friends and stuff getting are getting busted except for you, and you think there's a rat in the group. Right? How come everyone else is getting busted but not us? But no one can prove it unless you pull out the court documents, right? Right. So that's kind of where like don't want to call people out, but. How is it that you don't have drinking water and you can't blame it on the government, in my opinion? Yeah, I mean, no, you're right, man. It's a tough scenario. It's a There's tough money scenario. being given, and, and I can't say, but it's like, how many decades later, who's working for you and who's working against you or who's, who's pretending to be on your side, but they're not? Some shady deals getting made, man. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, no one's going to be like, oh, yeah, I got paid off. Of course not. You know what I mean? Of course no not. No one's going to admit that. No. And if you look at all the stories that you hear, you know, they fight to stay in power. You know, like, yeah. on voting day, all of the politicians go to each household with money, cash, and beer. Yeah, man, I've been seeing, seeing a lot of ads lately. Uh, you know, we got an election yeah. coming up in our country in the next uh, two months. And, you know, myself personally, I never voted, man, because I've had a conversation about this uh, with a couple of people recently. Like, how fucking stupid is it? We, we can transfer, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars online in our bank. We do everything online, fucking everything online, but we can't vote online. It doesn't make any fucking sense to me. What do you think about that? Well, it's just one of those things where, yeah, somebody else is making the rules and how do you say, if you don't got the power and it's kind of like everybody thinks, I can't do anything about it. I can just go on Facebook and say it's bullshit. But I ain't making the rules. 
God, bullshit. So many other bullshit stuff. Like if you look at the Indian Act, if anyone reads that and, and replaces it with African, Chinese, Vietnamese, Spanish, you put that there, you know what I mean? Yep. No, no culture would accept that. They say this is bullshit. This, this is, you know, genocide one hundred and one legalization of genocide one hundred and one. Yeah. And and the best case study is government. You know, an, an excellent one would probably be Canadian government because they're still, you know, running it in modern day, right? Where all the old, older societies have kind of given up on that and and just kind of become more, I guess, democratized. Yeah, man. It's the, you know the 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 politics stuff is a, it's. It's a really tricky, tired subject. It's not what people think it is. When you think about democracy, when you think about all of this expectation of what politicians are supposed to do, it's a fantasy. It's kind of like when you, you know, you just start dating and the guy tells you all the the things you want to hear, tells you about (laughs) ice cream in the morning, you know? And next thing you know, he's ghosted your ass after, you know? Right? Yeah, well, man. What the hell? Man, didn't happen yeah. to Cinderella. She just lost her slipper. Now I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, man. And nobody told you about that, and <laughs> nobody's ever going to admit that, but everyone knows that's how the real world works, except for the helicopter parents who hide their kids from the real world. <laughs> you know? End up with nasty surprise. Yeah, man. It's, uh, you know, it's a dirty business. Politics is a dirty business, and I think part of the problem is that they're just puppets, man. They're puppets for big companies. And, uh, you know, what happens is a lot of times, I'm not going to say name any names, but I know back home for us, like there was a guy and, uh, you know, it's a word of mouth. Um, sometimes uh, what happens in the government is when people, you know, get uh, persuaded to push a certain product or something like that from pharmaceutical companies, they can, maybe somebody will say, they won't say, hey, I'm going to pay you directly, but I do have this house over in Greece that maybe you can stay at half of the year, or I do have this, you know, uh, business over here that you, you can stay at for a while or I can give you this uh, nice car for a bit there's all these little loopholes and shit man that these politicians take and it's a dirty business and they know it and they get into it a lot of times for their own financial incentive to protect them and their families they know it's a bullshit game system they're only doing it for financial purposes and they willingly lie to us and that's what pisses me off about it and it's a that's why it's a revolving door of bullshit because that's the kind of people that get in man yeah, and the people can kind of do that. And, and the weird thing is like this. This is what I realized. People who say money is the root of all evil, um, they, they often are poor people who have never had money. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I remember before, back in the day, people would say, you know, yeah, man, I give you the shit off my back, you know, when everyone's broke. But, but when you actually make a living and work your ass off when other people weren't and you earned every dollar, you value what you have. You don't give it off your back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because you realize how hard you work for it. And that's the same thing with rich people. They don't give away privacy. They give away with intention. Right. Right? Where the people who talk all these, you know, I know what the rappers say, you know, spilling their feelings in the air. Yeah. Big talk. Oh, yeah, I'll give you everything. But they, you have nothing to give, man. When you have something, <laughs> let me see. Otherwise, shut up. You have nothing to give. So you can't even say you give me the shirt. That's all you got, and I bet you you're not going to give it to me right now. Yeah. Right? We'll, we'll like push more generous people are people who actually have stuff, who have worse stuff, because they have the resources to give. All the people that talk shit are the people who kind of have nothing. Right. But they like to look good or to sound good or whatever. I had one too many drinks. It's like, take it easy, dude. <laughs> I'm going to have a for your ass. Yeah. <laughs> Talkers talk, man. Doers do. But, uh, 
you know something? I was just driving past uh, Oppenheimer Park today, and um, uh, for those that don't know, like it was like one of the main spots where people were kind of camped out in Vancouver, and like a lot of the homeless population had like tents set up there, or some of like a smaller tent city. Um, and I, I forget how long ago, a couple months ago, like the VPD kind of like Vancouver Police Department blocked it all off and uh, made sure like they put out like metal fencing. So basically nobody could have access in there. I drove past it today and there was like some people playing in the park. You know what's going on at Oppenheimer? Yeah, it seems like they've cleaned it out and they don't want Ten City back because they put a bunch of money into making it nice. And it's just a gathering place for the community where people can hang out, do things, organizations have events. I've seen kids there. So actually, you know, it looks like it's, you know, it's like boarded up to keep everybody out, but I think it's just more boarded up to, to preserve it so people don't start pitching tents and stuff like that because the city dumped a lot of money into that place. And, you know, there's, there's people, the community, you know, the homeless, everyone's, everyone's hanging out there now. It's yeah. a community place to hang out. And they got like a beautiful row of cherry blossoms come springtime. Like, it's nice. Like, those trees are nice. Yeah, it looked good. It looked but, good you know, when I was driving by yeah, it today, man. Better. I prefer it like that, to be honest, because... There's a whole bunch of people hanging out there. Yeah, there was a guy playing soccer, man. Like, uh, you know what I mean? There was a guy kicking a soccer ball around. I never thought I'd see that there compared to the, the tent city before. So maybe some good improvements. Oh, yeah. I think it's a great improvement. It's one of those things where the community participates in it. And, and yeah, you, you know, you got to say they're better for the city or better for the homeless. And the city just picks the city like they always do. But <laughs> that's just kind of what they do. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a, there's no money in the homeless, right? Like, the, the, if anything, the city has to invest money into the homeless population. Like, it's not really pr- profits to be made off of them. Well, there's money, like money in the medical, money in the housing, right? Like, you know, I, I talked to some people in there. You know, there's a lot of associations or stuff out there that is designed to just keep you from getting any better, Um yeah, it just makes it just makes sure that you don't it doesn't get any worse, and you know that kind of stuff is like because like there's nowhere but they're down to go from the system. And if you look at a lot of the SROs and stuff like that, a lot of people in there that work there that I know they're like, you know, this is not housing. This is just warehousing people. Right, and for those that don't know, that's the single residency uh, occupancy. Like for that's like in the downtown east side for like one person, right? It's like kind of like a communal living space, almost like a rooming house for uh, people that are experiencing homelessness, right? Yeah, and then depending on which building you're at, cockroach and bed bug issues Jesus are rampant. Christ. There's yeah. some good ones down there. I've uh, been in some, but most of them are just like nasty, where you're like, this is out of a horror show. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been down there, man. It's uh, it's brutal, you know. Um, and some of them are some of them are worse than others, man. But yeah, um, uh, one other thing. Sorry, man. Go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, just I was gonna I was gonna ask you something that kind of tied into this. Um, you brought up a really good point last time we had a discussion. I don't know if you remember this or not, and it's actually the first time I've heard a valid argument for police uh, not needing body cameras. And you gave like a really good example. Like basically you're saying a lot of times the police, their hands are kind of tied because they know something's going on and they really can't prove it. And they have to basically go behind the scenes and like kind of have to do some illegal shit themselves because they're forced to follow the rules, but the bad guys are not. So basically, you know, they kind of sometimes have to turn the body cameras off so they can actually make proper arrests to get the proper guys off of the street. 
it was a good point. Um, that said, since we've talked, I have seen a couple of fucked up things in Vancouver that the police have been doing. And I don't know what it is, man, if it's like a certain few bully kind of cops attitudes. But I still do think that the cops need cameras, man, in Canada. I still do think that. Um, have you have your stance changed at all? Or you still think that the police don't need uh, cameras in Vancouver? So I think. So it's kind of like this. Uh, do I suggest for cameras or for not for cameras? Um, if I were to make a decision, I would vote for cameras just because most of the stuff that needs to be caught for police abuse is like low level crime. Right. So it's you know like they're beating somebody up. Well, right. you know when they when they catch drug dealers, you know they're beating people up every day. And yeah. to prevent those, sure, just to make the public look good, but on their high-end operations where they're busting the big-time players, right? I, I, I fully support that they got to play dirty. <laughs> uh, good, good example. There's absolutely no proof, but if anyone were to do the history and stuff like that, um, you know how that guy got shot at the airport? Dude, yes, unbelievable. So think of it like this. Jesus Christ. He got shot at the fucking international airport. Man. Somebody got shot there. They died. They outraced the cops and nobody got busted. Man. Well. Do you think that's actually possible today? You know something? No fucking way. No way. There's a, I, I, I saw something and I believe it was a, a civilian's camera footage they released on Facebook. It was leaked. And there, those guys were were chased by the police if i'm not mistaken i believe they actually were chased by the rcmp and they actually started fucking busting off a few rounds at the cops and they stopped chasing them and they found the car burned out in surrey so now we got two fucking murderers on the loose and the cops let him go and i talked to an american guy about this and he was like man are you he, he didn't believe me at first when i told him about the international airport shooting he's like you're shitting me not at the airport like what the fuck is the guy dead i'm like no they're, he, they're actually gone and they burned out a car in uh, another city he's like man that's incredible if that was in the states man we would have fucking lit that guy up he was just like the, the helicopters would have like you know shot this guy up it was crazy man how does that happen in our country how would you say this this is what i've heard and it makes sense to me but no couple ever admit it but they realize these are two gang two rival gang uh people warring and if they're killing each other, they're actually making your job as a cop easier. So why would you go arrest the killer that's going out shooting all of your, all of the people making society worse? Let them go and kill themselves and then bust one of them once in a while. Man. Because they're making your job as a cop easier. That's deep that when you right think about wrong? it. If I was a cop, that's what I'd be doing. Yeah, like, you're why, right. Why am I working so hard? Man, I know this guy's going to kill this guy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, then the I same do. guy who has the lawyers who got up every other time on bullshit, you know, we caught him with drugs. Did illegal search, everything else. He had a gun, he had drugs, but because it was illegal search, we should let him go. And he walks past me laughing. Yeah. And I know that he's popping these neighborhoods full of, you know, um, drugs, killing, wrecking all these lives, and all these, you know, kids, you know, overdoses. This is the guy who's pumping it out. I know that. Right. Right. So that's kind of where the whole theoretical, you know, what the police should be doing and what actually works in the real world. Right. There's a big disconnect that the cops can never admit that because society society doesn't understand 
doesn't have that emotional intelligence to kind of say, yeah, that makes sense. I would rather have the cops do that and play dirty and catch the big time criminals than have them serve and protect everyone. Because right. most people don't need protection, right? Yeah, no, they don't. Yeah, they don't, man. Most people don't protection and there's certain people that do need to be put in jail, like, you know, murders, child molesters, stuff like that, which yeah. also abuse the law. And those people are getting away. And just think of it, as a, as a police officer, you know this, but you can't say it because you're a cop and you can't just say things like, you know, the average dummy on Facebook, <laughs> right? Hey, you're using that as a reference uh, a lot, John. Are you getting pissed off on Facebook or something, man? Are you getting trolled you on Facebook? Stuff, that's why I never <laughs> talk about any, anything of <laughs> anything of intelligence on Facebook mm. because people lack the emotional intelligence to, to discuss it objectively and then there's like how do you say you know it's like flies to shit you know <laughs> how, how the dummies swarm on an irrelevant <laughs> thing that they they're not able to have a higher a higher non-emotional objective you know discussion around what's actually going on and what works and that's the reason you know the politicians they know that most people are like that right so it's like, oh, yeah, they're going to want me in again. Who cares? Who cares? I'm in position. I'm doing whatever I want. Mm. And this is how these people react for the last how many decades. And I've had this way worse that's been happening. So you know what? Let the storm roll over. Like, you look at Trudeau. Guys, you know, guys, you know, the people in Surrey, you know, like straight up mobbing him almost. I was like, felt bad for the guy. But I'm thinking, this guy's dumb. He thinks that people like him and he has the nerve to show his face in all places scary. Man. Come on, let's go to Kitsilano or something where the fake people are like, hey, let's <laughs> take photos and, you know, like, that's where people lack the real world. They're not connected to the people, right? Yeah, man. You know, it's just, this guy is not a good representative of our country. I don't want to beat up on people, but yeah, it's just like there's so much shit, man, where there's smoke, there's fire. Like he's been accused of sexual assault at his school against uh, minors, uh, formal school that he taught at. Like, uh, you know, the whole we scandal charity shit. This guy's a scumbag, man. Like, so I don't know what's going to happen. I really hope that we can find some kind of new uh, system. But like we said before, it's always a revolving do door of bullshit and the system's already in place. You know, that's the thing. The system's already there. So how do you think that we can better it? The only way to better that system is to have uh, an association of citizens that are not linked financially to anyone there to make decisions, you know, to make decisions and to be the watchdog for the politicians. There is no watchdog for the politicians. No. And they call it all these clean bench court and stuff like that. But we're like, okay, come on, man. That's other people that have been in your pocket that have sworn contracts that if they open their big mouths, they're going to lose everything. And and no one is stupid enough to risk their entire family's well-being to bring the truth out. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and you, you do risk that now with all this censorship stuff. I don't know if you've seen recently, man, but like even people that are sharing shit from the news about COVID, like they're getting their accounts deleted and shit. It's like, man, what is going on here? And who's having these, um, what individual, what a government body, what entity is having these, um, decisions? Uh, it's kind of scary, man, because we're a lot of times we're communicating through social media, whether it be like Instagram, Facebook, whatever. And like these companies and conglomerates are now having a lot of censorship over certain things. And I know the government is trying to get involved. Um, 
what do you think about that, man, in, in terms of, like, the uh, internet censorship stuff and people getting canceled in this new cancel culture? It, it's always been the same. Like, you got to think about freedom of speech, but you also got to ban certain stuff. So choice, you know, this freedom thing, what people don't realize is freedom also gives you the right to do what's wrong in their mind because you can either make the right decision or the wrong decision. And when you're able to choose... The wrong decision or the bad decision always exists, right? And a lot of people who don't aren't very worldly, I guess, will only see how that censorship affects them, but they won't see something like, for example, um, I seen a Facebook post about the guy who actually deletes the stuff. He's like, you have no idea of all the sick stuff people upload, like child molestation, murders. Desecration of bodies, Jesus all of Christ. this nasty shit that should not be on the internet. And this guy's like, I had to quit the job because I, I, I was, I have PTSD from doing that. Jesus Christ! Because I'm seeing all these videos of these kids and all this bad shit, all these murders and all this other stuff. You know, pictures of dead people, and I know that it's real, and I have to delete this stuff. Right. And and most people don't see that that side of the censorship. They only see the bad stuff or the very limited one that affects them. Right. About their right to post, you know, fuck Trudeau, and then they got banned. <laughs> like, what did you do, man? Are you working? Are you still on serve? You know, got stupid shit to say like that. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, anybody can Google that, man, and see it. So I think we all kind of, you know, feel a certain type of way, but it doesn't necessarily mean you need to publicize every single thought. Like, and, and a lot of people are doing that, man. So, um, I personally don't spend any time on, I don't have Facebook, man, and uh, I feel freedom from it, and a lot of people that I know are on Twitter, and apparently Twitter is just a fucking shitstorm as well. Are you on that? Uh, no, Twitter's too busy for me, but any social media, it's the same thing. I just use Facebook because I'm on Facebook a lot, but any social media, you know, has a ton of uneducated people who can post freely, you know, like Mike Tyson says, everyone's a tough guy until you get punched in the face. <laughs> It's a different world, right? Uh, it's a different yeah. world when that happens. I know that this is a little bit unrelated, but uh, that said, I was having a conversation. Uh, back in the day, man, uh, when I grew up, obviously for you too, we never had cell phones in high school, man. And if you talk shit to somebody or you said something wrong to the wrong person, you'd get fucked up. Like somebody would like, for example, I don't know if you said some shit to the wrong guy or first of all, it wasn't on the, on the computer because we didn't have them, right? Like it was just face-to-face -face communication so if you want to just call somebody a, a, a pussy or you know a piece of shit or fuck you i'll fuck you up or something like people do every single day like we're talking about on facebook and on twitter and on all this bullshit you would get your ass beat man or like or like somebody would check you but now it's like you got this false sense of security behind the screen you can say whatever the fuck you want and you don't get checked at all so it's uh it's creating like a delusional perspective of what people think that they can get away with man you know what i mean yeah, and that's kind of the the world society. That's kind of like a unintended consequence of a, you know a positive forward society. If you want all good, so you have to shame all bad, right? So that means you can only be supportive on the internet. And how do you say the negative stuff? There is no consequence because you're supposed to be a good person, right? Right. So that's kind of what I guess people. You know, it's been a shift in values. It's now it's all about the theoretical rights as opposed to reality. Yeah. It's wild, man. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, 
there's definitely been a shift in communication as far as like just speaking with people. I think social media has definitely uh, infiltrated our capacities as human beings uh, to have communication with each other, especially with younger people, man. I notice it a lot. I don't know if about yourself, but I'm noticing a lot with a lot of the, the people that I work with, man. It's just the social media has definitely affected their ability to communicate just in a normal manner. It's like they have a lot of stress and anxiety and uh, they don't know how to speak face to face anymore, man, or even just have a phone call like we're having right now. A lot of times. Yeah. It's one of those things you're disconnected from real life and that's where the, the real maturity happens. Right. Yeah. And when you look at all the kids these days, you know, they are men- mentally and emotionally maturing much later. Like the maturity of 20 year olds these days are like elementary. <laughs> you know, like people who are like 30 years old are like 16 year olds. And hey, man, don't insult me, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm 40, but you know, it's just kind of what I'm noticing is the mental resilience is being much delayed as a result of, um, you know, I guess society's values shifting to the surface, to the surface and observable you know, value as opposed to the in-depth value of character. Because everyone talks about character, integrity, authenticity. Right. But all of the people that promote that actually mean positivity, fluffiness, and, you know, uh, surface engagement. It's really good society. Nobody has a real conversation today because society doesn't value that. That's almost like an underground thing now. Right. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And I think the social media has it plays a huge factor in it too, you know. But um Yeah, it's yeah. just the how we say it's the marketing pillar, right? Because you can build a fake image on there like yeah. when you said in real life, you don't really need you know, in real life you need to you know, pay your dues and own up to what's said on social media. You can just spout and there's no accountability in it, right? Yeah, man. It's it's a different time than uh it's definitely a different time, man. It's crazy, you know, because I was thinking back to uh, when I was younger, I used to work in uh, nightclubs as security, like just to make some extra cash while I was going to college. And man, like when this is before cell phones and like they were just coming out, you know what I mean? If, if, if you had one, it was like one of those shitty brick Nokia phones or something like that. Um, if you were lucky, you know, but uh, just thinking back to those times, I know it's uh, a bit of an extreme example, but I used to work in these bars and it wasn't the most classy place, you know, that's why they had us uh, doing security. But like, man, if you said one word to somebody and they didn't like it, like the cross is coming right on your jaw, man. Like, so you know what I mean? And like, yeah. I think people learn a fucking lesson like that. I know I got my ass kicked when I was younger, man. I And, and both sides and, you know, um, you know, got, I took some beatings and gave some, and uh, you learn from from both of those. Um, probably more from beatings. Um, but that said, you, it's 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 a certain type of accountability. You're like, man, I, that shit can't come out of my mouth. It's when you physically get touched like that, and I think like, um, it's that shit doesn't happen anymore. You know, so these, it reinforces the the hiding in the computers, man. And I just hope that we can try to get away from it somehow. But I feel like we're so far gone. I don't see it reversing, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think so either, especially in a modern world. And I think a big thing, uh, that, that, that really puts a hamper on speaking authentically or doing what you believe is right is, is litigation in the world. 
there's always going to be, you know, especially in North America, some dummy who's willing to take on the most ridiculous court case for the one example and try to change history. You know, so everyone's scared. If you look at the medical system, you look at the police, you look at any association. Yeah. They all want to tell society what they want to hear, but they will never admit publicly unless they get busted, you know, hand in the cookie jar about what's going on. Right. So that risk of litigation is too great where they would rather stick their head in the sand. Right. And protect that image. Right. No, no, we're good. You know what? We're the Catholic church and we've been <laughs> tons of kids for centuries and all that stuff but yeah you you pray every day and thou shalt not cheat, thou shalt cheat on your wife yeah we're going to heaven but you know what I'm, I'm a I'm a special exception I'm still going to heaven even though I touch all these boys yeah you know so wow. that's kind of what the whole thing is society is predicated on believing the lie because they don't have the emotional intelligence to actually rationally think through the truth and that's kind of where getting punched in the face takes you from fantasy to reality. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? I know what you mean, but, man. Trust me. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, like, it's... I personally, like, uh, got involved in martial arts when I was a teenager. And, like, I had, like, taken some beatings and given some. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to learn how to defend myself properly. And um, it's a real humbling experience, man. You know what I mean? You're getting your fucking ass kicked by a guy that's, like, maybe, you know, 50 pounds lighter than you. And just piecing you up it, it, but at the end of it there's a kind of a brotherhood sisterhood you shake each other's hand you hug each other you show each other respect because at the end of the day you just want to get better but um it's a it's a real reality check man when you get physically kind of touched like that uh, you get punched kicked or taken down or choked the fuck out it's it really it really changes your perspective on things like oh man i'm i'm you're not such a tough guy and for whatever reason man a lot of like men even women too sometimes, but like especially guys, man. I I know you're fuming off, fuming off about like shit on Facebook. A lot of guys will just like start talking shit on there for no reason. And this, these are people that I've never like trained at all, like never thrown a punch at all. They're like maybe shadow box once or twice. It's like let's yeah. let's let's calm it down, man. Let's calm it down, man. And that's the thing is, yeah, everyone loves to kind of pretend to be something that they're not. And I think it's one of those things where, you know, when when you're getting beat up or getting punched in the face or getting put down and put into states of emotional stress and duress, and then you're able to, you know, hold your ground and operate at that level of stress through the stress. So instead of the stress making you, you know, uh, curl up and cocoon, it, it actually, you know, it's that moment of, you know, like, you get into the zone when it's a stressful moment and you yeah. perform at a high level. Right? Absolutely. That's what's not happening in society because we're trying to promote this positive only environment, but life doesn't work like that. No. And when life gets tough, you need to be able to function in high stress environments. Absolutely. And that's like, you know, you're training, getting your ass, whoop, boom, 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 you're all fucking getting beat up. <laughs> and all of a sudden you get, you catch your marbles and you're like, hey, and then boom, yep. you're acting, you know what I mean? And then you're fighting back yep. while you're under attack. And that's kind of, you know, that, that magic moment where, where your true genius and your true potential is actually actuated. Absolutely. And most people don't have that opportunity.
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's one of the all those reasons are some of the reasons why I think a lot of cops needed to participate in martial arts, man. And it, for them to get humble too. a lot of the shit that I see is I think it's a lot of ego tripping, man. Like when they're bullying people and stuff, when, when they're beating people's asses, it's, you think about it, it's like, man, why are you doing this shit, dude? It's like somebody's cuffed or something and you're going to punch them in the face or like you push somebody in the concrete and they're pushing old people on the ground downstairs. It's like, uh, man, I think if the, if you participated in martial arts for a couple of years and you get your ass kicked for a couple of years, because that's what it is realistically, man. If you're in training and like mixed martial arts, like the first year you're just learning how to survive. So it's very humbling. And I think these cops need to experience that, man, because I think that they have like a bully, a lot of them uh, uh, complex, you know, some of them anyways. So, yeah, um, it's a good thing. It's not for everybody, but uh, yeah, I hope we can just be nicer to each other, man. You know, that's it. Sometimes there's a, there's a time to be nice and then there's a time to be an asshole. You, <laughs> just, you do you and you pick whatever, but you stand behind your opinion. That's what I think is, you know, because you can't always be nice. Sometimes you need to be an asshole. Yeah, there's right? there's cer- there's circumstances. You need to be put in his place and sometimes you're that asshole to do that. Yeah, if nobody else is standing up, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, you know, there's definitely uh, situations that I've been in that I have to be that guy. I don't like to, but, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I got not actually... choice, but you know what I mean? If that's what you believe is right, then that's what you need to do. Yeah, man, for sure. BC is in the process of, like, trying to decriminalize drugs. Me, personally, I think that all drug offenses and nonviolent offenses, I don't think people should be put in prison or in, in jail for it. Um, what do you think about that? Do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, it's one of those messed up things that, yeah, it makes absolutely no sense. You're going to put somebody in jail for a fine. Yeah. And I, I think it's one of those things where the world has changed so much, but the rules that govern the world haven't really changed much. Right. And I think when you make rules back in who the hell knows when, and <laughs> there's, no, how to say, there's nobody who has the will or energy to want to change that, you know what I mean? Because right. there's, 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 here's the laws, here's the rules, and until enough people complain about it, no one's going to change it because everyone's got other shit to deal with that is more important. Right. Yeah. Right? So that's why I think that's one of those things where it's an archaic law and just nobody's made a point to change it because nobody actually gives a damn about it enough. And if you look at the people affected by it, it's often low-income people right. who have, you know what I mean, going to jail, yeah. everything else. They don't have the resources or the contacts or whatever to change that law. Right. Just go in there, get the stop, won't commit another crime. Right. You know what I mean? Or it may be. It's just that cycle, right? Like, if you look at jail, yeah. jail's like a cycle, like yeah. a revolving hotel door. Yeah, man. For a lot of uh, homeless people. Can you explain and that a little bit, please? They're, they're caught in that, that, you know, that system, recycling system. Yeah. Can you can you explain it a little bit more, John? Like I know I know briefly about how, but can you explain like how basically when people get uh, uh, booked, they can't get jobs and shit like that? Can you explain a little bit, please? Uh, well, when people get arrested and they can't get a job. Yeah, like you know how when people get booked for like just petty shit or whatever, like it's on your record, man. So like if you have to have a job that has a police uh, check, and then you, it's hard, it's more difficult to get a job after you get arrested. Is what I'm trying to say, it's more difficult to become yeah. a productive member of society in general. Is what I'm trying to say. Afterwards, uh, like, have you ever experienced that in, in, in your field of work of seeing people get caught in that cycle, man? Yeah. It, it's... Uh, I think society's changed a lot where they're more open-minded. Anyone stupid enough to say, oh, just because he has a criminal record without even asking what it is, an automatic dismissal, yeah. unless it's something highly sensitive like the government or the cops, right? Yeah. Um, 
you gotta, you know, you probably don't want to work for that company anyways. Um, does it create challenges? Theoretically, yes, but I think the world's changed enough where that if anyone has any, you know, maturity to say, well, what did you do? What happened? You know what I mean, like even realtors, they ask you that. And if you're, if you have a criminal record, you can still become a realtor. Right? It's because the association said, okay, print out your criminal record report, like anything, write a letter, explain to us what was happening then, and write a letter to us now explaining why we shouldn't be worried about, you know, your criminal record. And I think that's just good common sense. Yeah, I do. I right? do too. But, but I think with the lower income community, it's a different thing of, um, you know, maybe there's substance abuse or maybe personal appearance. Like, you know what I mean? You, you're not going to have, you know, the homeless person working at Victoria's Secret. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, well, where you need to have, or, or at Joey's, right, where it doesn't go against corporate image. Right. Right. And there's also the thing, like what I'm realizing is just working in the, in the community is for some people, they've been institutionalized in the system so long that yeah. w- being required to do something for eight hours a day, five days a week is too much stress. So a lot of the associations will give, you know, two to four hour shifts part time. Right. To people just to make a little bit extra spending money, right? Right, right, right. And yeah. like for me and you, I've always worked, you always worked. You yeah. know, not working was never an option. Yeah. Right? So we don't even know what it is. So, <laughs> you know, we can do it seven days a week. You know I mean? Seven days a week, 10 hours a day. You know Sign what I mean? Never mind, you know, it's like, you know, part time. <laughs> what is that? You know, is that a fantasy? <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I actually grew up in care myself, man. And, uh, you know, I saw a lot of the kids around me go a certain path. And uh, I was down at myself, man. I got in a lot of trouble. Uh, but I realized, man, I saw these guys start to become losers so early on in life. And they started to affect their school. And they stopped going to school. They started going to jail. And then the cops started getting familiar with our group home. So they'd come home. They'd kick the fucking door and start arresting all of us. And I started getting dragged into it. And I said, you know what, man? I've had enough of this shit after I spent some time in jail. You know, I learned a lot from this, man. Um, you, you learn you learn a lot from this kind of stuff, man. And it's hard to come out of the other end uh, unscathed. But at the end of the day, everything's all a mindset. And it's all decisions, man. I've seen a lot of people uh, make bad decisions. But... When you when you get institutionalized like that, it's like you almost get pushed into a corner to make these bad decisions, man. You know, it's it's hard to explain, but I'm sure you've seen it. And here's probably where I might not have the most popular opinion about bad decisions, but it is my belief from experience, not just theory, that the only way you will ever discover the right decision for you is by making a shitload of bad decisions. <laughs> because when you discover what doesn't work, it's like it's like cream when you boil it. Cream comes to the top after you've done all the shit that don't work. Right. Like, this works. And it's not <laughs> everything doesn't work. It's a bunch of stuff doesn't work, but you'll find little bits and pieces of what works. You know, it's kind of like panhandling for gold. You know, like, oh, there's some shiny shit. <laughs> and it just kind of comes together. But it's a lot of effort, a lot of failures, a lot of wrong decisions. That's how you figure things out that's life right? man so that's kind of when you say talk, people talk about all these wrong decisions getting caught in the system yeah 100% there's a certain cycle everything else caught in the system but somebody who kind of finds their way in their will they'll find their way out it's you know there's you know everyone talks about the best environment well the best environment doesn't exist in real life yeah. so let's give real world solutions to real world problems yeah man not theoretical problems but theoretical solutions which is kind of like the government, you know, the government, how the government works. They got a bunch of people who don't know what they're talking about, or, <laughs> and they talk to other people. 
solution that was not even based on what was told to them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man. So that's kind of why there's that disconnect. The people in power are disconnected from the reality of the problems that they're solving. Yeah. Therefore, the problems that they're trying to solve don't work. And all it is is the band-aid solution so that you can just shut the people up long enough until somebody else starts crying about it. <laughs> yeah, it's true, man. And it's not like they got the boots on the ground approach. Like me and you, like we're working in these communities where we got our boots on the ground, right? These guys have ne- never done that. Probably never faced any adversity in their life. Probably never been institutionalized. Never been arrested. They, you know, they have no clue what this shit is like. So they can't relate in any way, shape, or form. So how are they qualified in any capacity to make decisions based on on that? You know, I don't think they are, man. So I think we should have some t- kind of a better say, but. Yeah, it's a broken system, man. I hope we can see some changes. And then, um, yeah, I, you know, I really don't have an answer, but. I, it is, it's like, kind of like the, the bachelor's degree, which companies require now just to apply for a job. God. I think that is the most, you know, ridiculous um, thing that still goes on. Dude, I agree 100%. World. I you agree 100%. Agree? I know exactly what you mean. I'll tell you, man, I work with. Some people, my, my colleagues are good, but like others, like, man, other uh, people that are, you know, the people that I even went to school with, man, there's some dumb fucking kids that I went to school with. You're like, this fucking idiot has a bachelor's degree. How the fuck did you get one of those, man? Like, you're the dumbest guy. Like, you know what I mean? It, it doesn't make you a smart person because you know how to regurgitate information on a test and pay for a couple of years. And, and, you know, it's, it really doesn't, man. I'm sure you've met people that are highly educated and they're pretty fucking stupid. Yeah, it's book smart but street stupid right yeah so, that's very common so I think that's kind of like a, an outdated it's one of those things you know what I mean so old and classical but yeah. that's just the way it is and nobody's crying about it really and, but some companies are taking that out which is great it but is. I think that's kind of something that you know just ridiculous and it's just outdated it's not today's world and and like one thing I think about like you can't say that university degree is totally useless because I'll tell you one thing about university is probably most people I would say who university aren't following their inspired mission so they're probably committing to do something they kind of aren't really interested in yeah so just imagine that type of you know um, mental fortitude uh, resilience um, adaptability that you have to commit yourself to years of doing something you don't like or even hate and excel <laughs> at that yeah yeah that's, I, I understand that, you know what I mean Yep. That's, you can't say it's completely useless because <laughs> it makes you do something you hate. But just imagine when you find something you love, you, you go crazy on that. <laughs> For sure, yeah, man. I, I myself, uh, I graduated from Western and um, I thought I really wanted to work in the hospital. I got to work in after I graduated and man, it was like a smack in my face, dude. And I was like, damn, I really wish I would have volunteered in fucking high school and really <laughs> realized I don't want to do this shit. You know what I mean? Four years earlier. Um, but yeah, that said, I think you can learn a lot from it. But like um, a lot of the kids that I graduated with, man, they're from the GTA and they're back at home with their parents, man. And they can't find shit because they don't have no practical experience. And yeah, it's uh, I think a lot of positions, like a lot of jobs should be competence over credentials. If you can do the job, you're competent. It should be that first over the credentials, you know? And I think it's kind of a, a balance of both because you need to pre-screen because, you know, it's one of those things like, you know, the mansplaining thing. Every guy thinks he can do the job. <laughs> you know, you're screening all these people. It's like, dude, fuck, I can't even believe you even applied. You're a clown. Like, <laughs> it, it needs to be a more, I guess, 
360 viewpoint because you need some credentials or some experience because a lot of people you should not be interviewing. It's kind of like rentals. Right. You know, when I, you know, when I was doing rentals, all these people want to check out the place because it's nice photos. And then you ask them how much they make. And then the rent is double what they make before taxes. And you ask them the question, how do you plan to pay for this when the rent is double what you make before yeah. taxes? Don't worry, don't worry. I always pay my rent. I'm like, no, sorry, we're not showing you the place. Yeah, fuck that. Right. So that's why I think this needs to be, I guess, a common sense thing of sorting things. It's not one or the other. It's a nice blend of both. Right. And I think that's kind of the one thing I learned about life is the people who think that they're really smart, but they're only smart in what they know that is, you know, correct, but absolutely ignorant to stuff that contradicts their opinion are people who say this is the way to do it, not that way. Right. I've yet to meet anyone who says this is the way and that's the way that that was actually accurate objectively and knew what they're talking about. Most of them were just really knowledgeable in what they know, but they're totally ignorant to anything that contradicted their opinion. It was like those guys who sound really smart, but when you find a hole in the thing, then you find out they're full of shit. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, there's a lot of people like that. So, Right. So it's kind of like somebody who's got a good balance of, you know what, well, this is not effective for this situation, but in this situation, it's actually very effective. That's like, I, that tells me this guy knows his shit. Right. Yeah. Being versatile, man, and adaptation too. You know, if you got a good mix of, you know, education and experience, and you got the right contacts, I think you know that's obviously. If you want to work a job, then that's obviously the the right mixture to go to. It's a lot of uh, the kids that I work with that are coming out of school. They're like, oh, I don't got no experience. Then I work with some people that got experience. Then I got got no school. So you're right, man. It's got to be some kind of a of a blend that works for you and and the employer. So. Yeah, the thing with the whole experience thing, I think that's kind of a, a scapegoat thing. It makes sense. Like, oh, I got no experience, so how are they going to hire me? Well, I'll go figure out a way to get experience. You know what I mean? You do something. There's ways to give you a job and pay you. There's lots of other ways. Volunteer, do it for free. Yep. Talk to somebody. Keep going, trying to figure something out. There is a way. You're just too lazy <laughs> to figure it out. Yeah, people you know, don't like to hear that word, by the way. People nowadays don't like to hear that word. They don't like to hear the word. I said that to the other day to somebody, and they got offended and started saying how, started defending themselves. And I'm just like, man, you're just you're just mad because I told you the fucking truth, man. You don't have to start attacking me. Yeah, I say, you know, believe me or not, that's okay. I'm just saying, there's the reason you can't do it. Yeah, man. Because, you know, things can be done. You just got to figure out your way to do it. Absolutely. And by you even saying, I can't do it, before you even tried it tells me you're lazy. Yeah, you plant the seed in your mind already beforehand. You're destined for failure, man. Um, yeah, it's like the guy who's like, oh, I'm so nervous around girls. How am I going to get that experience? Fucking go in the jungle, man. <laughs> like, how else are you going to get the experience? Yeah. yeah. There's a perfect example. How do you get experience being casting over to women? <laughs> you got to get out well, there, you man. Pay, you can pay ladies at a night for it, but that's not a real, you know, <laughs> that doesn't count. A real experience. You just got to throw yourself in the jungle yeah. and then find your way out that's yeah. kind of how most people do it yeah man sink or swim you know well um i know you're working on a lot of things i saw you at the uh circle festival i think this weekend um anything that you want to plug i know you're a busy man i don't want to keep you for too long man yeah, no uh probably the one big thing is um if anyone's in vancouver or close to vancouver and wants to uh, be a volunteer with our organization we're looking to build a solid outreach team to build, um, yeah, it's called Outreach Team for Community Presence in the downtown east side. 
to have you walking the block and just kind of creating relationships with First Nations in downtown Eastside to help them have a trusted resource that they can easily access because we have uh, our outreach workers walk the block um, every two hours just to kind of be seen with our red t-shirts. And yeah, that's our main focus right now is to create that outreach team and to create a community presence in the downtown east side so that our First Nation clients know that there's a group of people walking around the block that they can ask uh, medical questions for. So yeah, if anyone's interested and listening to this call, give me a call, 778-806-6993. And I would love to hear from you. And kind of something that we do is, um, you know, it's a minimum commitment of one month and one shift a week, so a six-hour shift. And then uh, you get one of our awesome T-shirts. And every month we take our uh, team of committed volunteers uh, to somewhere nice for lunch or dinner. And, yeah, and it's quality restaurants. You know, I'm not taking you to Wendy's or McDonald's. <laughs> where it's, like, good food. Sometimes good food is not at an expensive place. Sometimes good food is at a cheap place. But it's always good food. And, you know, you go with the team, myself and Jan Ray, uh, or any of the other volunteers. And, so you know, it's a good time of building community and... Yeah, I think once we get that outreach team set up, we're probably going to look to actually uh, add more team members uh, for employment. That's great, man. Um, in January, February, because we're also looking to expand into Surrey um, by next year. But unless Vancouver and Vancouver's running smoothly, I won't make that decision. Wow, that's great, man. Sounds like things are going good for you and you're expanding. So, yeah, everybody heard. John, you know how to reach him. We'll also plug in your information at the end. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot for your time, man. Really appreciate it. Like to see you uh, being active. It's really uh, inspiring. And keep doing your thing, man. And uh, we're going to plug out your information below. And let's keep in touch. And, uh, yeah, let's keep this thing going. Keep the ball rolling. And uh, keep trying to build our community. Sounds great. Thanks so much for the call. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. And I hope to talk to you soon, man. Yeah, chat soon. See you.